I'm Adam Hergenrother, and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. This is a show for leaders and high achievers who've experienced success on the outside and still feel like something is missing in their life, who have made money and accomplished big goals, but then ask themselves, is this all there is? After all, business is nothing but a conduit for your personal growth. Need nothing and enjoy everything. This is Business Meets Spirituality. So yesterday I was on a call with this um, potential coaching client. He was trying to figure out if he wanted to do one-on-one coaching or if he wanted to join our full year-long full immersion coaching program, Project U. So I was chatting to him about our coaching programs and telling him a little bit about you and your family and all of our businesses. So I shared that you had four different five different entities that were doing the podcast. We've written the book. I'm just sharing a little bit about you. He didn't know you. He's not kind of part of the, our real estate world. And then I also said, you have three children and then you run Ironmans and you train for Ironmans. And he goes, when does this guy sleep? And after I said, well, it's, you know, he leads through people and succeeds through others and has mastered leverage. The other thing, we kind of had that little quick conversation. Then the next piece was, that you are by far the most disciplined person I have ever met in my life. However, I also know that that is not natural for you and was not natural for you. And it's something that you developed over time. So yeah. how to do that? Well, well thanks. Um, well, I mean, discipline equals freedom, right? I mean, that's the, we've heard people say that before. And the reality is, is I don't think discipline in itself is, is anybody's natural state, right? I mean, I don't think people wake up going like, man, I'm the most, I mean, how many kids do you know that are disciplined when they come out, right? They're just all of a sudden like- Some are disciplined. In, in discipline. <laughs> in discipline. Um, I was. <laughs> yes. Well, they are, but the, some of them, which is you're just a, just a rare soul. Let's just put that for there. And so I think one of the things that you realize is that the, the busier your life gets, the more discipline you have to put into your life in order to control it. Because if you don't, then you end up, look, you can never know everything, do everything, and have everything. And so if you don't get very clear on what it is that you actually want to do, first of all, you don't even know what to put discipline on. And so I think the first step in understanding this is first getting very, very clear on the one or two things that you actually want to say yes to. A great example of this in the business world is when Steve Jobs came back to Apple. Right, Apple in 1996 was hemorrhaging over a billion dollars in cash. That's not a really good position to be in. They had 90 days left of cash um, in their bank to basically fund a payroll and different things. And at the time, they were working on over 200 different items. Right, and what did Steve Jobs do when he came back in? First of all, he got rid of most of the board. I think all of them but one. Um, the only reason why they brought him back is because they had interest in there, and they're like, "Well, we got 90 days. We might as well bring Steve in." And he didn't matured. And what the first thing that he did was he narrowed down the the product list of what they were working on from 200 down to 10. And then ultimately, and they and they removed the people that were working for there to kind of shed payroll, right? They just had to. They, they didn't have any other choice. The, the business existence depended on that. And he came into that. Then from 10, they brought it down to one, which was, as you know, the iPod, right? That was the, the one item that they took all of his core components and they had the discipline in a business setting, the discipline in the business setting to focus on one product. And even today, right? How many products does Apple produce, right? Three that I can, yeah. three core that I three, can think three of. Three core, right? And like they have, they have like 200, $250 billion in cash. So that's a pretty decent cash position to be in to invest in some R&D, but they don't. Yes, they may have a division that's kind of just testing things on the side, but they're not into making 
TVs and then they're not making sneakers and then they're not making, they may add components to certain things, but their main core product is like calling the Apple iPhone 11. So then people go out there and buy it for another thousand dollars by adding one key component to it. Right. But they have a, their business has a discipline to focus on one key objective that is going to move the needle the most. Amazon is the same way. People don't realize this over 60, I think it's 60 to 70% of their income comes from their web services, has nothing to do with what they're actually selling, but everything to do with what they're selling, right? It's their, it's that key component. Microsoft is another great example of this. How many products does Microsoft come out with? They've come out with almost the same one they got an operating system and that accounted for 60, 70, 80% of their income on an annual basis and made people very wealthy from that. So when you look at this, it's not just discipline in your discipline in your life. It's discipline in your discipline in your business, right? Because it one it will leak into everything else. So I think as we always talk about, self leadership precedes leadership, right? And you need self leadership first. Which to me, that is having the discipline enough to focus on key things, so that then you can bring that into your business world. So how did how did you decide what to focus on? Well, the, the interesting thing was in the very beginning. I I don't think I really did a good job of focusing on it. Um, when I first started in real estate, I, I mean, I guess I did now that I, then I say that the only thing that I concentrated on was getting one appointment per day. Right. And you know, that story, right? I just, I literally, to me, there was no time allotment. Um, it was a time in my life where all I wanted was power, money, you know, all the, so you were extremely focused on that. Things I was, I was extremely <laughs> focused on it. And I, at the time I had bought eight grand to start my first business. And I was living in a 400 square foot apartment, which was an upgrade from living from my brother's basement next to the furnace, which had a sheet around it. So, um, the, the, I continued to move up from there. Um, so I was living in this 400 square foot apartment, literally lead generating every so day. And, I, and I would walk around for, I mean, there was just no, you know, it wasn't like I get, I hear people and the salespeople and they're like, Hey, I lead generate for this period of time. And I'm, I'm like, what do you want a present? Did you get your result that you needed to do? And so for me, the discipline was that I get the result that I needed and you don't get it every time, but you stay focused on this. That was kind of the first step to doing this. Right. And the, and the majority of your time was spent on business at that point. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It was business. Um, and I was, I think I was working out at the time, but not nothing like it, nothing it is today. And then, um, as that starts to bleed into your life, kind of fast forward, to where I am today. Well, first of all, it's sequential. We talk about this. This isn't like a, it, it, it doesn't, you don't just happen overnight, which I think people, if they're listening to this or they've read a book about, hey, I need to go from zero to a hundred. It Look, start with something small. For me, I, it's funny because I'm such a morning person now and I used to sleep in until like eight or 8.15. It's the, I couldn't even imagine. Like I'm, I'm done half my day. Like I want to go to bed at eight fifteen now, right? <laughs> like, but I couldn't imagine getting up at eight fifteen now. But there was a, a long period of my time where I did. In school, I would my classes were later, and we stayed up later, and that kind of that held over into the work environment. I would just get up, and I would just just do what most people. Actually, this morning is funny. I was in my um, my bathroom this morning, and it was like I don't know, like four or five or something like that. Actually, you know what? It was it was it was like uh it was six six thirty six because I remember I, I turned off my light in the bathroom. I'm looking around there and I can see probably thirty different houses, 
and there was like two lights on. I'm like, it's 636. There's two <laughs> lights on. What are people doing? Most of these people have kids. We're, we're like, what are they? What are, what are they? And I, I turned to Sarah. And I'm like, she's like, yeah, I think people, most people get up at 645, right? And like, or seven o'clock. And I was like, wow, that's just crazy. I mean, I had been up. I had exercised for two and a half hours at this point. Like I was ready to go. Like Sarah was been up studying for the last two hours. Like we were just kind of this busy household. Um, and I just kind of thought that was funny. Productive was just, household. A productive household. Yes, you're right. Not busy, productive. And, um, so anyway, so again, so I started just slithering my way backwards with time. Um, this was kind of like the gateway drug for me to lead to more discipline was the early morning routine for me. And I remember, and this is a very, is a, is a prime, I, I use this example a lot. It was, I remember reading a magazine. So this must have been uh, when Tim Cook took over an Apple, right? Um, and by the way, people don't give him enough credit for taking over for Steve Jobs and continuing Apple to where it is today. I mean, that is an unbelievable feat of what he's done from a leadership standpoint. But um, so I always appreciate that. And I remember I had started getting up at like, call, call like seven and then 6.45 and then 6.30 and then six, right? And then maybe, a little, maybe I think it was right around six maybe 5.45 this time. And again, that, that was probably over a course of a year. So understand that. Like that was a course of a year. And then I read this article that said, Tim Cook gets up at 3.30 in the morning. And I was like, motherfucker, he gets up at 3.30? Then I'm going to get up at 3.30. If he's getting up at 3.30, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. So literally the next day I got up at like 3.30 and I had nothing to do. <laughs> I just got up and I was like, well, this is boring. I just got up at 3.30. This is, you know, it was there. So then what you start to realize is when you start to get up, you need a reason to get up, right? And so when you start have a reason to get up, getting up isn't a problem. And that's the thing that people don't understand. Yes, there are maybe, I think there actually, Daniel Pink wrote a book called When, and he actually did like studies that showed the majority of people work a lot better in the morning. Yes, there are people, if you're listening to this saying, I just not a more person, I work a lot more productive at night. That's your thing, go to it, right? I understand that this is still discipline, whether you're doing it in the morning or in the evening. But for me, it was, it was discipline. And for the majority of the population, it's the morning too. That's based on studies. So I started getting up a little earlier. And then what are people doing? They're journaling, right? They are, um, they are exercising, they're meditating. Um, so I just started adding these components. I think at the point, I'd actually already been meditating. And so, how did you decide that that, was it because you were modeling after somebody? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I'm, I don't even like none of this stuff is in, like a, like an original thought. Like, I just literally, I'm just a great modeler. I would look at I, that's why when I heard Tim getting up at three thirty, and I was like, "What is he doing?" Right? Like, then you just start looking at the most successful people, right? That um, that you study, which are mentors or people that just books you read about them, just do what they do. Right, success leaves clues, and so for me, it was just it was very it was a path, right, of where I wanted to go. And so I just started jumping into, it and I started TM. So now you kind of work your routine. It's it's I like get up between three and four. Um, the first thing I do is I kind of drink a glass of water. I always walk outside just to get fresh air. It kind of invigorates me, just kind of awakens me a little bit more. I look at stars, whatever it is. If it's the middle of winter, I walk on the porch so I can walk out there. I actually walk out there also too, um, in like just with no shoes on in the snow. I know it's kind of weird, just a little thing I do. It just kind of wakes me up, makes me feel alive, right? Like you're like you're back in the caveman or something. But um, so I just do that, and then I I meditate right away. Then I get into a whole series of journaling, which is a in this in itself is a lot of discipline to to do it. And it's, so it's a meditate, and it's hard because you get up and you're like what's happened in the business world since I went to bed, right? Like who sent me an email, right? Like what good glorious things are going to be in my inbox and you want to just, or what Instagram influences have tagged me on something that I can't wait to see it. You have all these polls to want to jump into the world to see what happened, right? Well, that's discipline itself to not check that stuff, right? So it's whether you have to put your phone in like a locked gun 
box, right? Which I know people have done. Do? No, but I don't. <laughs> but like people do that. They like literally put their 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 phone in like a gun safe, right? Just to keep it away from them. Whatever you got to do. Hey man, it's just awesome. If you're working on yourself, then then we applaud it. And so and then uh, so whatever it is for me, I take my phone down. I just don't look at it, right? I just kind of put it aside. I actually use it for an alarm when I'm meditating, just to make sure that I don't go over. And if I happen to like fall asleep or something while meditating, which does happen sometimes, but very free, very free. That's the thing. That question I guess. Don't you just fall asleep in your meditation, right? when you start doing it. Mm-hmm. You don't. Like, first of all, I've got enough sleep. So I go to bed at like four in the afternoon. Not really, but like I go to bed really early. Five. Yeah, five, right? Exactly. I go to bed really early. So I get enough sleep. So I'm waking. And then it's just, you just bring this clarity to your life. And, and there's, and there's, don't forget, there's a lot of days I wake up and I'm not, I'm not like, I can't wait to meditate. No, I want to jump in. I want to just get after things too, just like everyone else does. But I know in order to speed up sometimes, or the majority of time, you have to pull the bow back first, which is the whole process of morning routine is to pull the bow back so when you release the arrow, it has a bigger impact and goes faster than you grabbing an arrow and trying to run it at somebody, right? It just doesn't, you just don't go that fast. So I, I get into TM, um, then I get into journaling, and um, I do the first journal I have is just that I'm a gratitude journal. So what I'm grateful for, I am grateful for the snow. I'm grateful for the rain. I'm grateful for problems. I'm grateful for money. I'm grateful for my health, right? Just, you just get into this rhythm. I do like probably 200 of these things. And then I get into a journal about each one of my kids. So I journal about um, their life. I journal um, about things that they've said. And for me, what has really helped me with this is I have a, 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 I can have an issue at times. I'm getting better at this, but I have an issue at times about staying in the moment with my kids. And maybe some of you can relate to that, especially when there's a lot of demands in the evenings. And so I use this as a tool, a discipline technique to, to understand that tomorrow I'm going to be journaling about them. And I want to put something in there that I didn't notice about them the day before. So like I look at their arm differently. I look in their eyes differently, or I, I ask them a question. I want to get their answer. There's something that's really deep or like, Hey, you know, where did you come from? Right. Just, just, I ask just thought provoking questions. So they get understanding critical thinking. And I, and I just take mem- a note of that. And it also pulls me into the moment with them. Right, because there's nothing like looking in your kid's eyes and just really being there for them, right? Um, and so when you do that, so it just kind of helps me stay in the moment. It gives me a a, a practice or a a disciplined uh, item to do every night before. So we bring in, then the next morning I journal about it. I also sometimes will take photos of this almost every single night. I'll take photos, and there are, I use Evernote, which. I, on an iPad, which I can just grab photos and slide them right into Evernote. And it's like the simplest thing. So now every single one of my kids, I have seven, five, and three, they have a collage of photos and comments about every single day of their life. Um, so if I ever were to leave this world without them really understanding, because I know when I go back to when I'm five or even seven, I don't really remember much about my parents, right? I just don't, especially my little one who's three. She, so I would want to leave them intangibles. I also want them to understand how I felt about them um, in case I were to leave and just so they never had questions about any of this stuff. Also, like one of the cool things about doing podcasts and also all the recordings and things that I've done, man, there's a history of how I think out there so that um, my kids can go find that stuff. I've always found it fascinating. Even with my, my parents, I always go back like, what did you think when you were 20? Like, how did you do it? I would love to have heard recordings from them, right? At that stage of their yeah. life, just to understand what they thought. Um, so I just, I, I comment on this and I, I bring things in there. And then I do a journal about just my life and just the good, the bad, and the ugly. I just, again, I'm trying to provide I try to get everything out of my head so that I have the, 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 the clearest sense of purpose, right? That vision, that clarity, the removing roadblocks, which, you know, vision is that next five minutes um, of your <laughs> life. I'm just kidding, of what you're doing. But you just really provide that. Um, so I have to uh, just remove that out of there. Um, and then I get into exercise for anywhere between two and three hours 
I, I don't know if you mentioned this. You do a journal for Sarah. Oh, yeah, too. I do. Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. for reminding me. So I also have a journal for my wife. So every day I have a journal that's something that I'm grateful for for my wife or just something that she's doing, something I'm proud of. And I pull photos into there because um, I also don't ever... And I really The reason why I started this was because um, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes we'd go to bed fighting, which um, was never fun. And um, as I've developed more and we, we don't do it as much. So I, de- I started this because when I woke up in the morning, I felt that same resistance. And I'm like, I don't want to be the one who, when she comes down those stairs to bring any negativity into my relationship. So this was a process, a disciplined process to something that I'm grateful for. And sometimes it took like 30 minutes to figure out what I'm grateful for. But anyways, I found that out and I would, I would write it out. So I just get rid of any negative feeling. So when she came down, I could be a different person. How long do you, how long is that whole journaling process? That's a lot of journaling. Um, it probably takes me about 30 to 35 minutes. Um, it takes me about an hour and a half. Oh, this is what it is. It takes me an hour and a half, almost to the, the dot, um, to go from waking up to finishing my journal. So um, I'd say mm-hmm. it's about 90 minutes of doing this process. And then instantly from there, I go into uh, exercise. Most days, it's between two and three hours of actual exercise. Fridays, um, I have off from structured work because it's long bike days. And then Saturday mornings, I get up pretty early to, to crank out about three to four hours too as well. Um, but anyway, so that's just kind of gets new. But the cool thing about it is, is the exercise, you're, you're, you're using Audible a lot. So you're, you're reading like a book or two a week, if not more. You're listening to a couple podcasts while you're doing this. You're just getting a bunch of insight in this. Now, all of this, is just having a, a disciplined life to put yourself into the best situation to be the best leader that you can be. Um, and, it, and you can have your own routine of whatever it is, but have a reason to get up. I actually crave the morning time. And I know that people um, that, that follow a, a morning routine after a period of time of using willpower, what you need to use it for while you're creating a habit, which we know takes about six, six days to do, you have to use that willpower to create it. You crave this morning time. I mean, like it's like if you don't get it in, just something's off, right? Just something's off from it. Do you it. think it's people craving the morning or is it craving the routine? Yeah, it's craving the routine. It's craving the discipline. Like it sets you up. Yeah. to to experience to the highest level of success that you can have because you just by the time seven or eight o'clock rolls around you've meditated you've journaled you've exercised you've had breakfast with your family and now you're ready you get to the office and you're like bring it right like it's just you're it's, whereas the other people that i was talking about earlier like you get up at 6 45 and it's like 7 30 and and all of a sudden you just you're you're yelling at your kids and everyone's rushing around you forget something and then you show up at the school you drop them off and you just you're already you're missing things and you just show up at work and they expect you to be creative right like it's just very difficult to operate at your highest potential if you don't have a system using discipline to set yourself up for the best day. And I know people will crave that morning discipline because it sets them up to accomplish more, to the ease of life. It just, it just, it's a, look at the most successful people um, in terms of not just money, but in terms of living the best quality of life. Making the biggest impact make, on others. Impact on others. All these things have this type of morning routine. So it's just really important to do that. Um, so the, the key is, so I, I give the, I love, like my, my daughter is the hardest one. My seven-year-old like she like purposefully delays everything like it's just i don't know what it is like she could be like let's go and she'll start walking and then she'll like just turn around and start grabbing a doll or i need to go brush my hair again and it's like unbelievable and it's like you can't yell at them because they're, they're what they were doing is like and it's, it's they're doing it like oh, i gotta go to the bathroom again or i gotta grab a snack or whatever it is and it's just like oh my, it's like a, it's like a full-time job getting her in the car right 
And so it's always been for her. My other two, like they just get in the car, it's easy. Her just, I don't know, but she just doesn't want to. However, um, the day before vacation, when we're going to Atlantis, uh, we literally, the night before, she was like, I can't wait to go. It's going to be so exciting. She had, she slept in her clothes. She had her brother's clothes laid out, her sister's clothes laid out. She set her alarm earlier than we got up, got everybody up, made them breakfast. And she's seven. She's never made breakfast before in her life. She was in there. She was hurrying everybody, telling us that we're slowing down so we don't miss the plane to get on here and all this stuff. And it was just an, one of those aha moments. And I think people have seen that. Like the kids just get up. Why? Because they have a reason. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a reason to get up early in the morning. And if you use, if you have the discipline to start getting up early or at night, whatever makes sense for you, create your, your, your miracle morning, right? Or your morning routine and just start somewhere. If you need a place to start, just start getting up 10 minutes early and write down 10 things that you're grateful for. If you need, if you want to add another layer to that, wake up a few minutes early and just sit in silence for 60 seconds, right? Just, just have a moment before you just, you touch this, touch your phone or any electronics, just start creating some space that you could have it. Look, if you can't find 30 minutes in your day, then we need to have a talk, right? Like there's, there, you can find 30 minutes. You may have to say no to something at night, like your favorite you know, Sex in the City episode, Hallie, right? But you may have to do Real something- Real Housewives. Real Housewives, whatever it is, right? You have to say no to something on those in order to say yes earlier in the morning. And you just, you just have to. Um, it's just a sacrifice you have to make if you want a different result in your life. Um, so kind of fast forward, all of this, by the way, is leading into being disciplined at work. That's the key, is that you need, you can't, be hurried, rushing around, trying to do everything, and then expect to flip-flop when you get to work. If you can do that, maybe you can stretch that for a year, maybe six months, right? At some point, you're going to snap. So you've got to have the routine. And by the way, the cool thing is, is um, my my boy, Ulud, who, um, actually I don't know him, but he's just, it'd be cool. If, he broke like the marathon record last year by like a minute, which would be, it's like just earth shattering that he beat it by a minute. It's almost two hour marathon, which by the way, a two hour, like half marathon is great, right? So the fact that he almost, he did this like two hours and one minute, is just insane how fast he's getting um, or these people are getting. But the my favorite quote from him, and it's something I love, is that only the disciplined ones in life are free. Otherwise, you're a slave to your moods and your passions. Only the disciplined ones in life are free. Otherwise, you are a slave to your moods and your passions. And what's fascinating about that is, is that if you aren't disciplined, right? Discipline. If you aren't, if you don't have discipline in your life, you end up doing what you want to do. And people think this naturally that I love working out. They think that like, oh my, it must be easy for you because you just love working out. No, I wake up every day. Not like I, I wake up and go, fucking kidding me. Like I got to get on my bike inside and sit in here for four hours on a trainer, right? Inside because there's snow outside. No, or it's like, it's, it's zero degrees and I have to go run and then go jump in a pool to swim. Like, no, there's not. What I'm addicted to is the actual discipline, the emotional fitness that comes from that, that gives you the edge in business because there's going to be a lot of things that test you. There's going to be a lot of things that want to push you. And if you aren't practicing discipline and emotional fitness, how do you expect to bring that to other people or to your business? Look, it's not true that you can rise up in tough situations. You actually go to your highest level of training in tough situations, right? People think, well, I can, I just excel in these things. Yes, maybe you do, but you only go to the highest level of training that you have. And so if you, if then you wake up and say, well, I need 
you know, discipline in life, discipline in business is going to equate to making a bigger impact on people. And it doesn't mean that you have to live this rigid life your entire time. For me, it's morning. I bring that into the business world. And then when I get done, I'm, I don't, I'm not disciplined anymore. Maybe I'm eating because it's just, I've created habits around there, but I don't really like to get home and go, okay, it's 5 15. I got to do this. No, then I just kind of, you kind of relax. But the key that I want to bring into this is that it's you, when you're working, work. Be, bring discipline into the work that you're, that you're, when you're doing this. When you're playing, be strategically disengaged from everything else. It's, it's not, people are living this world where they're just, they're leaking everything together. I get it because you can touch every different things. But can you have the, the emotional fitness, the discipline to set up in the morning to do your morning routine? And then when you come to work, you work and you give it your all. Look, it's, time is not the cheap. We have 24 hours in a day. So, so it's not that people get more done because they do it. It's how you use each minute. You know, I was on a call the other day for an individual who won something from a presentation. He said, man, I wrote down, he goes, he goes, actually, I remember you saying that about 75% of what I did last week. I said, I always say it's 50% of what you do in a week doesn't really matter mm-hmm. for, for most people. He goes, man, I really went back and looked at this and I actually think it's 75% for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's a great aha from you. It's just, it's just true. It, it's just 50% of what most people do in a week didn't actually matter. And I mean, matter in terms of if I'm at work, I allowed myself to be undisciplined. Meaning I did what I wanted to do. Just like you had said, you're just a you're just a slave to your moods and your passions. And how often do you just want to get in there and just tackle these big things or the most important things you want to do? So the more that you can become disciplined in each day of your life, this becomes a habit and we are habitual creatures that then leaks into the rest of your life and then it just becomes this geometric effect. And then when, when you do slip on something, it just feels completely off and you want to do everything you can to get back to it as quickly as possible. So it's building this emotional fitness. It's building this discipline every single day so that you can end up bringing this into every aspect of your life. Yeah, one of the things that you uh, mentioned was the the strategic being strategically disengaged. Yeah, um, what I think is just kind of interesting about your schedule is you might not be rigidly disciplined during that time, but you actually almost have your strategically disengaged time on your calendar. Yes, right, even yeah. in the evenings or in the middle of the day. So it's still a fairly structured day. It's just what you're doing within that time isn't necessarily structured, but you know when is your free time. Yes. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I needed to do when, when I, when I, when, when Hallie first came in and started taking over my calendar, it was like somebody was like stabbing me with a knife to like give up my freedom, right? Like let's say you hear a lot from executives, like I can't give up my calendar. I can't give that up. Like it's my time. It's there. But what we did is we sat down and we said, look, um, here are the times that you can put anything in there that are based on what we need to get done. And here are the times you can't put anything in. Mm-hmm. And so we set up, um, just like you were saying, we set up times from, for me, it's, it's basically from nine to 1130. You can schedule anything in there. I like to get to the office by eight fifteen or eight thirty most days and have a few minutes just to just check in with people and just have a few minutes. So I don't have to jump right into it. And then I get right into the first burst, right? This burst of, of all the appointments that are there. And then I know I can sprint for three and a half hours, right? I know I can do it as long as I can see the end. If I just have appointments all day long without any breaks built in there, it seems overwhelming and just daunting. Now, if I know I can stop at 1130 because then I meditate again, 
right? So then it's like, it's my, I reboot myself. I meditate again. I just usually lie down on my couch and meditate, right? And then I'm purposeful and want to eat. So I eat again. I also check in and then at 1.30 until about 4 or 4.30 again, I get into another burst. And then right around 4.15, 4.30, I'll check emails again. I'll, I'll check into this. And then I just like to strategically disengage from there. doesn't mean I'm not reading. It doesn't mean I'm not checking emails when I have availability to do this, but it's just not to a point where I'm forcing myself to do all these things, right? So I just kind of disengage that point. I'll go with my my family, particularly for a couple hours. And once my kids are back in bed, I'll either read. Most likely I don't. I'm just, I don't read well at night. I don't know if some I was reason. Say, but I just, you always get back on email I briefly. Do. I do always get back in emails. <laughs> That's when we make, get emails. <laughs> well, I do because I don't yeah. want people, I don't want to be holding people up. And I also know I'm not going to necessarily check early. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, I want to clear that out. And it usually take, it takes like five, 10 minutes. And yeah. if that's not your thing, then don't. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't stress me. Um, I don't get stressed by bad emails. So um, it just, I, I don't mind it. But if you're an individual who you look at emails and then you have, you look at that and it's going to bother you until you do it, then don't look at it, mm-hmm. right? You just have to know yourself because if you look at an email and you're like, oh my God, I have to worry about this all night. Then it's just, that's just something you just don't want to be doing. You don't want to set yourself up for failure that way. I was interviewing somebody earlier today and he said his father had always taught him that it's all about working really, really, really hard. And then, and then and only then after you've worked really, really hard, then you get to go play. You know, he was like a young, young 30 yeah. year old, 30 yeah. year old guy. And I am do, you know, going through the interview and I'm about to get into this huge conversation <laughs> with him about, no, 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 that's not actually how you should you know, live your life and how you should approach your life. It's really about learning, working and playing every day and incorporating that into your day. And that's something that you taught me. Yeah. I mean, people live their life in boxes, right? For like their whole, like these decades, like the first, you know, zero to 20, 21, 22 years of age, you're in this kind of learning box. But then once you get out of this learning box and you go into this work box, you people, most people stop learning. I just couldn't, it's like, what is like the average person doesn't finish a book after their formal education? I mean, it's really, it's something, something along those lines or maybe one book book every five. It's just it's so one silly. One book a year. One book a year or whatever it is, right? Um, they, they don't even finish. And then you, so then you basically stop learning, right? And then you get, and you're like, okay, well now it's my work box. And you know, these people are like, I got, I hate this job, but I have eight years left and I'm just going to be, I can't wait because I'm going to get $1,600 a month. They're just going to show up in there. And man, when I'm 65 or 66 years old, I'm just going to jump into that play box. Well, playing when you're 65 is different than playing when you're 40 or 25 or 50, right? So instead of looking at your life in these boxes and then subscribing to thinking that you have to stay in these boxes the entire time of learning and then this big work box where you forget about learning and you're just working and then you forget about playing too except for maybe once a year when you do something fun right and then you finally will get to this play box well i just kind of stepped back and i said well this is ridiculous i'm gonna die i'm gonna lose my physical body and while i'm here i'm not gonna wait around and so i started structuring my life and i said look i'm going to learn work and play every day of my life and that leaks into how, you know, the schedule that you talked about earlier, you make sure you have those times available. Yeah. Day. You have to learn, work and play every day and it becomes, and you, you use all of this is just infused by joy, right? So like, do you have that, the, the, the joyous part of you is coming into your work, coming into your play. Now, some days playing could be working out. Some days learning can be working out what you learn from there, right? It may be the fact that you're doing two at once where you're exercising and learning by listening, right? Look, if you want to give more, 
of anything. If you want to give more unconditional love, you have to first be unconditionally loving yourself. If you want to give more output in terms of knowledge or business tactics or leadership, you have to gain more input. And the only way you're doing that, yes, you will do that through experience, but why don't you accelerate that, gain your experience, but also keep layering in books or podcasts or mentorships or any type of learning so then you can use this and provide output of it. The thing that people need to do is when you're gaining input, you have to make sure that you're using on the output, meaning that every week, this is another discipline thing that we have set up, is each week there is this kind of routine that I go through where I will pick a new subject or something that's along the same subject line. I will read about it. I will research. I will, I will start testing it out, typical on Hallie, um, about what it is, the theory, and then I'll share it with somebody else. And if people are resonating with that, then we'll take that. I'll take that to the blog. I'll take that to the podcast. I'll take that to my CEOs. I'll take that to all of my companies and just distribute that so I learn it. And then I'm regurgitating the information all week through a whole bunch of different mediums. I mean, I go live on the air on Mondays and Mm -hmm. I bring it to the air so that the whole world can hear it. But I'm constantly reinforcing this. So over the course of the week, you've gained a ton of input and then you've mastered it by the output. And then when you were teaching it, you realize what you missed. So you then go learn more about it so you don't miss it the second time that you're doing this. So again, again, this is just a discipline piece that I've added to my life to force myself to constantly be growing. If I know that I'm going on the air on Monday morning, I have to have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So it forces me to go out there and learn. Again, this is just set yourself up so it puts you in the best position using discipline to go out there and create more so you can give more. And that becomes a very powerful place to be able to come from because the whole basis for living is giving. But in order to give anything, You need to add more to your own life. It's not self-indexing if you're wanting to bring something into your life so you can share more of it. It's the opposite. Self-indexing is like, I want to win and you lose and I feel more power. It's more of you're gaining more in order to share more. And that becomes a very, very joyous place to come from. And you're also impacting not only the people that are around you, but you're impacting your communities, your leaders, your kids, your family, your staff, your employees, and then ultimately the world. Thanks for listening to Business Meets Spirituality. If this episode resonated with you, check out adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R for more free resources and materials. And folks, remember, never give up on joy.